And you're very welcome to the Women's Rugby Pod, a third of the way through the Women's World Cup already. I can't believe it. And the triumvirate is back. Sarah Hunter, Red Rose's captain, and uh, Rachel Burford. Here we are back together. You guys are out in New Zealand. How's things going in New Zealand, uh, Sunta? For those of you just listening, Sunta is coming live to us from a rainforest. Um... With sort of various plants and what have you around her. How are you, Cynthia? Still smiling? Yes, yeah, still smiling. No, um, it's it's going well out here. We're back down in Auckland now. Um, made the trip from Bangarei on Monday. Um, had a couple of days off and had, went back to training today. So, yeah, back to it and prep for the big game against South Africa on Sunday. Did you, the, I mean, the biggest question, and it's become a bit of a talking point of the tournament, is these, these games of cricket. Did you have round three on your way back down to Auckland? We didn't have round three, but we have had round two, which um, Berth might be able to vouch for. We had it in the car park, in the dark, pretty much, um, where the players won. So we take a 2-0 lead into the Test Series. Yeah, I think the reason Mids is not gone for the cricket this week is because um, he said it was going to start to affect a, a selection um, <laughs> and he didn't want I that to, to get in the way yeah. of South Africa. I think they're out practising, you know, they need extra time. <laughs> Berth, how's New Zealand been for you? Good to catch up with you. Yeah, it's good. Thanks, Johnny. Um, can I just say, I actually put a complaint into the hotel, the amount of racket they were all making. And I get FOMO and I couldn't even see it out my window because they're literally playing in the uh, pitch black all I could hear was all of this noise yeah and I also te- when I turned up in Flangeray that morning they'd obviously just celebrated uh, the physio getting back from her marathon and they were all jumping in the pool so they are having a whale of a time from the outside I, it's pun central a racket whale of a time pool you're on yeah. fire birth you are on fire um how how's uh commentary going thoroughly enjoying yeah. that yeah, it's been really good fun. It's been like really entertaining the games and been it's been great, you know, talking on different teams. Great to do the England-France game at the weekend, the one that's probably been on everyone's calendar since the pools were ever announced. So, yeah, it's been great. Well, that, that uh, links us nicely into getting into some of the uh, meat and drink of this uh, podcast. We're going to go back through um, the, the three points, just have a, a wee look back and then a look forward to this weekend. Really, really crucial weekend across the pools. We've got Eleanor Snowsill, uh, the Welsh wizard, I think it's fair to say at the moment. That seems to have a, a ball on a string. Uh, we have a quick chat with her. Bryony Cleal. Uh, I caught up with her at the weekend at an event and got her thoughts on the England victory as well. So then, Paul C, I mentioned um, speaking to Bryony Cleal, of course, her twin sister, big twin sister, Poppy, is out in New Zealand. I caught up with Bryony, who was very, very kind to come to the first ever girls' rugby festival at Waybridge Vandals RFC down in Surrey. The Valkyries hosting 140 girls, just girls, playing from under sevens all the way up. And Bryony came and gave a really inspirational chat uh, and handed out some medals and what have you. But I also got a thought on how England fared against the old enemy. The Women's Rugby Pod has come down to Weybridge Finals on this Sunday morning. Their first ever girls' festival it's trying to support a bit of grassroots rugby. And the lovely Bryony Cleal has come down to hand out some medals uh, and generally do a proper inspirational job for the, for the young ladies. Did a, a quick Q&A. 
How lovely it is to see 130-odd girls, big smiles on their faces, playing down here at Brian Acres. Yeah, absolutely. It was a wholesome morning, simply because of I've never seen a, a standalone um, under sevens, under eights, under nines festival of just girls, where the girls play. They mix among they mix amongst other clubs, but they played without the boys. Um, and actually, to have the numbers one um, and to be able to see the girls have so much confidence, so much fun while they're doing it was so huge and actually it just reminds us like what we're doing what we're out here to do when we play for the red roses we're we're looking to inspire these kind of girls to come and play rugby and actually this is where it's happening this is and meeting all the people that are actually behind it at the grassroots level to put this on and let the girls have such an awesome morning well, you've been an absolute superstar now the club but who's your appreciative uh speaking of red roses england france yesterday critical game victory what did you make of the performance yeah, um, it, it was always, it's always a tough game. France will never shy away from playing England. Um, they were all out there, and you saw it from the defence. I think for France, their defence was, was huge, and something that probably we haven't seen them them show as much. It was outstanding from them, and actually for us, it really tested the Red Roses in what do we do when our driving more isn't being as successful as it, as it has been? What are we going to do if we're not getting um, as much... Um, success in our carries for example so it really made us think about our plan b and look the girls saw they sorted it out they, they won the game they got the four points and they're into the quarterfinals so from that aspect we can't ask for much more but i think it's a real good test for the girls it's maybe said to them you know what other teams are going to turn up for this world cup you're gonna we're gonna have to work really 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 hard um, and to keep improving because countries out there are catching up with us are looking to bridge the gap and, and do things like France did to the Red Roses yesterday. So Sam Milton starts training again tomorrow, no doubt. What's at the very, very top of his list to sort ahead? I mean, South Africa next weekend, then we have the quarterfinals. Um, what's top of his to-do list come Monday morning training? It, Rest. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. I think it's a tough, that was a tough game. Um, France making over 200 tackles, like... It was a huge game. We had a lot. The Red Rose had a lot of the ball, um, but yeah, definitely rest. But actually, I don't, he won't. Mids won't change how how we train. He won't change how he wants us to play. Um, he'll just go back to the fact that um, make us understand that it's a tough, really tough World Cup, and we're here, and other teams are here to play. So we won't change what we do because we know, and he knows how good the Red Roses are. And and actually, it wasn't our best performance I've seen us make. Don't get me wrong; I don't think it was a bad one, but it wasn't the best. So there's so much more progress the girls can make and um there won't be any we're nothing on the top of his list it'll just be same old story and we'll be looking forward to south africa last question is it still england's to lose yeah uh, i yeah i absolutely do think it is i do think france is probably the the team that can really push us the most i think their attack let them down i don't think they showed us as much in, of their attack but their defense was um, something that other countries can look at and if you're New Zealand you'll probably be looking and going oh, we need to take that into our game because arguably New Zealand's attack is, is more potent than France's so can they do that And um, but I still go back to it's, it's England's to lose the players we have um, the way we play um, I don't see us if we play how we can play I don't see anyone beating the Red Roses I'm Shani Williams and you're listening to the Women's Rugby Pod. What were your three main talking points then, Sunta, off the back of uh, England, France? Um, I think one that we won. We won a real tough um, test match. You know, 
when you go against France, it's going to be an arm wrestle. I think over the last few years, you know, they've been won by one score on, or not from either side. So, um, like, we recognise the the magnitude of the game. Um, we we spoke about how we needed to be more clinical. I think we had 13 entries into their goal zone, one try. Um, and we spoke about our breakdown, just haven't been better at that. France um, managed to get in there. Their, their jackal threat were, was in over our ball quite quickly and just some how we're going to work on that over the next few weeks. So they were probably our three big headlines coming out of the um, review. What did you make of it, Berth? Yeah, I think probably similar. Like it was such a physical contest and I think it was really disappointing to lose Sansus and Menager so early on. Just interested to see, you know, the impact that they could have had on the game. But, you know, I think it's one of those things, you know, there's been lots of chatter around England's creativity and plan B. But ultimately, they found a way to win that game. And I think that is a really good testament to the side, like stuck to their processes. They didn't, nothing kind of flew, like um, nothing threw them off course, even though France were throwing everything at them. And they found a way. They got over the try line by being patient. And I thought the way that the game ended was was exceptional as well, like how... Again, like under an immense amount of pressure when you've just, they've just got themselves back into the game. They've got possession and to to close the game out, I think really shows like the maturity of the side. I thought Zoe Harrison kicked very well, put England in the right places. Um, so I think, and as Sinta said, there's there are things to work on. However, they found a way and in tight games, England often do. And, and that will be, incredibly important as they move into knockout stages as well yeah there was a moment for me uh, I think it was a scrum and, and bots gets a little uh, hand bottom and gets a, a little hot under the collar and then there was just a moment after the next stoppage of play um, you're uh, substituted by this point centre but I'm not sure who had said it um, but it was then just complete control bang Let's see this game out. We've only got a couple of minutes left. Da, da, da. And yeah, it was it was seamless after that. One question. Um, I'm going to look for Sarah Hunter's reaction, but ask you, Berth. How much do you think England were holding back against France? Mm-hmm. I think they, they've held some stuff back for sure. And they showed different pictures that, you know, especially around the line-out, I think that they didn't show all their cards there um and I think you know those are kind of the areas that England can be predictable and you can be as predictable as you like you still got to mark it and they're always exceptionally good at their driving more kicking to the corner but I think we saw some different things and I also think they held back on a few things as well you don't need to show your cards in in pool in game two no, 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 no. I, I, and and again, a brilliant reference because Sarah Hunter should be a poker player because there was no reaction there <laughs> whatsoever. Um, I, 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 it's, it's not something that's been sort of spoken about and people are like, oh, Plan B's not working, where'd you go to? I, 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 I think quite a lot was, was held back. Um, and yeah, if you can beat France just by doing that, then um, yeah, fair play. Yeah, you spoke about Law Santos terrible terrible way to it looks like now sort of end the career um she's been absolutely fantastic has she shown to what she like to play against 
Yeah, I mean, just your heart goes out for for players when you when you see the leave, leave the field in that manner and just see how much sort of pain that um, she's obviously in. Um, and it's so disappointing for for the game to see a player like Sansu who was just at the top of a game like in a World Cup. You want to see the best players in the world playing, like regardless whether they're on your team or not. And she's like a tough player to play against. Like. When you when you talk about France, that she's one of the first people you talk about in terms of how she runs their game, how everything goes through her. Like she's just such a threat in like with the ball. Like it's, she's she's an incredible player, and yeah, to to see her go off like that and be ruled out the World Cup and what sounds like um, like potentially her career. But I just think you know maybe once she's had some time, and I don't know what her plans were year out rehab come back in time for 2025 and hopefully be the player that she is I think she's still got more time <laughs> time um yeah it almost seemed like a bit I mean personally for a shock to for a player to be playing so well and yeah year on year to to sort of be sort of saying those sort of things that she was she was going to retire but yeah um like best wishes to her and the her rehab and from her from her injury um, for those who, who aren't privileged enough to, to spend a bit of time around your, your squad, um, if you go bowling or you go for crossbar challenge or something, um, uh, I, there's a young lady who, who tends to be sort of there or thereabouts on the leaderboard, and that's a, a lady called Emily Scarrett. And there's little songs and chants that you do for her because she's a slightly golden girl, and it's all done in the, in the nicest possible way. Um, she had much grief this week about the, the catch pass? Do you know what? She hasn't. Maybe what? maybe we I know, I know. I think everyone was just too tired, Johnny. Like it was a late night. Um then we went on a on a trip, like uh, seeing dolphins and then yeah, travelled back and recovering. But yeah, maybe we should have done. But I did like breathe a sigh of relief because I had not long dropped a ball earlier and then when scattered it, I was like, Oh that makes me feel slightly better about myself dropping it. But yeah. She's human after all, isn't she? She is human after all. I'm not talking about dolphins because that is utter FOMO. So we're not we're <laughs> scooting over that. Um, brilliant win, birth of Fiji. First World Cup within two games. They, they've struck up a, a, a victory. Yeah, I mean, I think they're kicking up a bit of a storm out here just in the way that they've played that opening half against England. Um, you know, we talked, touched on it before, the the way that they scored their tries against England, we've not seen opposition who have had more test matches, more time together to do that. And then the way that they finished that game at the weekend was just unbelievable. Like if you took your eyes off that game for one moment, the the tides changed, then it changed again, then again. And I I'm there. I think they've won the hearts of everybody out here in in the style that they're playing, in the manner that they they operate. And yeah, they're they're certainly a team that need a bit more fast tracking before 2025 because you can see. They've got plenty of talent, probably need a little bit of game management, understanding not to tap and go from everywhere, but that is them. And I loved that, you know, they brought their Fijiana style to the World Cup and didn't try and be like anybody else. So, yeah, big game for them this weekend, but I've been mega impressed with them. Yeah, I was going to say, um, how much can they can they challenge France? Yeah, look, I think like any team, like England, you want controlling games and they don't really give you that. Um, and we've seen how 
loose France can be when they don't have control of the game and when, you know, they're up against an opposition that are really physical and direct. Um, you know, England had troubles defensively against them. Um, but also the way that they want to play, they want to offload the ball, move the ball quickly, and they've got really good handlers. And and France won't like that imposing that those kind of threats on them. So they will be a massive challenge. But, you know, it's game three. They had an unbelievable amount of work against that South Africa um, side as well, like the amount of emotion and physicality that they will be drained from from that game. So it is going to be a big ask to see a turnover against France. However, you know, France will be coming off a big emotional roller coaster as well after England and also physical feet. So I think it's going to be thoroughly entertaining. Um, but yeah, it, it will be a big ask to see them turn France over. Yeah, it's um, yeah, both both physically very draining games uh, in the round two to, and, and different reasons whether France can get back up to that. And that's you know quite often a, a criticism that's sort of laid at them, isn't it? Uh, being able to, to back up really good performances. What have you made of South Africa then, Sunter? No doubt done a, a little bit of uh, of homework on them. Yeah, um, absolutely. You know, just a, a touch on Berth's point, like watching Fiji, you know, prior to us playing them, obviously watching them back when we're reviewing them and watching them when they played South Africa, like they're just a joy to watch, you know, you like as just a complete rugby fan, like like it's almost like that's that's what you wanna wanna see teams play. And I think Berth's exactly right. Give them a couple of years and a bit of investment. I, they they could do like serious things um with the with the talent that the natural talent that they they have as as rugby players so um yeah it should it should pose France some some interesting um, problems when they face them but in terms of South Africa um I completely agree with Beth we were traveling when um they were playing the two teams and you looked at you kept checking the score and one minute South Africa in the lead like Fiji in the lead then it switched and it was like like you just wish you'd actually watched it, watched it live. But um, South Africa, you know, this physical side, and they they can play, and they they've got a decent scrum, and their their eight like just wants to run through people, um, and make great line breaks, and uh, they they want to come out, and they they want to they want to hit things, but they also want to play, you know, they and they they've got some skillful players in there, so you know we're, we're really respectful of of how they they've played in the tournament and the problems that they've caused opposition you know France didn't score for 40 minutes or something in in their game um like they were they were in the lead they were like minutes from winning and beating Fiji so you know that they are going to prove a tough test and um we're preparing this week like we would prepare for for any any of the game and we trained against them in the autumn last year and so we've got a bit of an insight but They've had a lot of time, a lot of test games together, and they're a certainly improved side from from when we when we trained against them. But um, there were some sore bodies after that training session because they they um, they certainly come to play and they certainly come to hit things. That's for sure. <laughs> the, the bookies would make you mass, massive favourites to 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 win Zunta. What what represents success against South Africa? 
I think em- Emily's not here. You don't need to just say, "Oh, we just <laughs> need to win and get five points." No, I want something no, more. No, I think yeah, no. I think first and foremost, it is the win. Um, like World Cup rugby is about winning rugby. Um, but I think for us, we want to see a marked improvement on some of the areas that um, we've highlighted from our France review. Like we need to we need to be seen to be improving in areas as we go through the competition. Um, so so yeah, that that's certainly what will mark success for us is like the things we've identified have we taken a step to to get better in those areas and things we're doing in training this week are we putting that into into the match on on Sunday so so yeah I think that will that will back up hopefully a win as well I'm Jill Burns and you're listening to the wonderful women's rugby pod into pool a then Oh, it's been a tight pool, hasn't it? Um, so much going on. Disciplinary hearings, great tries, tense, last-minute drama. Wales have put the destiny, their destiny uh, in their own hands. Got um, to beat Australia to guarantee um, a quarter-final spot. And it's certainly within their reach. And a lady at the forefront of that at the moment has been a little Welsh wizard at present. Eleanor Snowsill joins us on the pod. The Welsh Wizard, I think, is a fair description so far this this World Cup. Oh, thanks so much for joining us. How how's New Zealand treating you so far? The the whole tournament, the whole experience. Yeah, thank you for having me. Um, yeah, it's it's brilliant to be fair. Um, I've been to New Zealand once before and absolutely love it as a country. Love the culture and and how obsessed they are with their rugby. Um, reminds me a little bit of Wales, especially with all the mountains and everything. Um, so, you know, feel a little bit at home here, even though, you know, we're all the way on the other side of the world. Um, in terms of the tournament, you know, it's far bigger um, than any other World Cup I've been involved in. So it's really exciting to be a part of that. Yeah, you've been involved in a few, played New Zealand a, a couple of times as well. We can just, just nip back to, to that opening game. There was bags and bags of pressure on that game. That was fairly fairly evident to, to see for the action of both teams come come the final whistle. Um, but if we can just um, look at your individual performance, um, I was lucky enough to, to call the game with, with Rachel Taylor. And, and she quite simply said, and I certainly agree, probably your, one of your best, if not your best game in a, in, in a Welsh shirt. How happy are with where Eleanor Snowsill is at the moment? Well, thank you. That's a huge compliment. Um, I think just for me, being able to be professional for, you know, since January has had a huge impact on my performances. Um, I knew it would, I knew it would make a difference. And I knew, you know, before then I was only operating at about 50, 60% of what I was capable of. Um, And just really fortunate now that you know, I, I've worked hard on areas of the game I needed to work on um, and that it's sort of showing on the world stage. What specific areas would you be speaking about? Well, two two big work-ons. And I think for me, being dropped um, for the last game at the Six Nations against Italy was what really hit home with me and made me realise, you know, I either sort of finish off my career at where I am now or I... Or I really think no, I've you know I can I can go again, and I, but I've got to work on these areas, and the two areas were physicality, my defence, and kicking. Um, so, you know, Johan and and with both coaches have have been brilliant in terms of backing me and giving me full confidence. Um, 
you know, I've even been hitting Johan on the pad a few times, him having him run at me because as a 10, you mainly have forwards running down your channel. So, you know, whatever it took, they did it for me. Um, and, you know, in addition to having Stephen Myler um, kick in once a week with us, just all those little things that sort of when you're doing it, you don't realise, you know, that you're getting better at it. But then you do it for so long and then you get to, to performance and you realise, you know, that it's all come together quite nicely. It's almost a given um, when Wales are at World Cups that you meet New Zealand in your pool. You've done it a, a couple of times the last two World Cups. Um, how was it? How was it last time? How was it a, a harker on 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 New Zealand soil? Yeah, it was just you know a very special occasion. I think every time you face a hacker, it's such a unique experience that not many people, you know, most people watch it on the TV. Not many people get to actually stand there and experience it. Um, and for me, I, I love it. I love that side of things. Um, and yeah, like you said, on home soil, it was even more special. Let's look ahead then to to Australia. Uh, another key one. Your destiny is in in your hands. Um, is there that that sense that crackle at training this week? Yeah, we've been we've had a day off yesterday, so we're feeling pretty refreshed coming into training today. Um, I think tomorrow will be the the big session for us, um, where we'll really get stuck into things. Um, just been putting our plays down and stuff today, um, which is good. Um, but really looking forward to the challenge. They are, you know, I've played I've played Australia again in um, we played them twice in 2014, I think, um, and they are one of the most. You did, yeah. Yeah, they are one of the most physical teams I've played against. When I was coming up through the through the ranks when I was sort of 18, 19, the, the senior girls in the squad always used to say France were the most physical team, you know, in terms of off the ball stuff and, and all that. But as soon as we faced Australia in 2014, that changed and it, and it became Australia. And, you know, they that hasn't changed so far in the World Cup. So, you know, we've got to be up for a physical battle. Yeah, you certainly do. Um, just finally from, from me, El, um you, you, you're there, and as you say, we've discussing been to a couple of World Cups um, b- before. Just how excited are you at the potential of this group with, with where it's at now? We've already mentioned professionalism and what have you. How, how excited are you, not only in the next couple of weeks, but just moving beyond that as well? Yeah, I'm really excited for the future um, in terms of, one, the coaching setup we've got in. Um, you know, they're just brilliant coaches um, and really know how to get the best out of us. And to these contracts, um, you know, it's only going to draw more and more young players to the game. Um, I was fortunate enough to go down to an under-20 session um, before we came away to the World Cup and that the talent there is just outstanding. Um, so, you know, it's really exciting that there's there's a pathway and, the, and there's something for those girls to sort of aspire to. And there's also the talent. So if that can all come together with good coaching, I think, you know, well... Will hopefully be pretty unstoppable in the future. Oh, brilliant! Um, you're speaking as well as you're playing at the moment. Um, thank you so much for your your time today. I hope your rich vein of form carries on, and uh, we we wish you all the very very best against Australia. Thanks very much, Johnny. Nice to chat to you. I'm Kate Zachary, and you are listening to the Women's Rugby Pod. Great to hear from Ellen Snowsill. Um, for me, having won that Scotland game, then they know round three they've got Australia. I, I don't know whether mentally they were, you know, subconsciously, certainly, because of course they'd, they'd, they'd always go out to, to win the game, but subconsciously whether they were, weren't quite at the races uh, uh, against New Zealand. Certainly parts of the game were, were very good berth. 
Yeah, I think they started really well and they put a lot of pressure onto New Zealand and pressured their set piece. And, you know, Wales's set piece was was really good as well. Like their Fantastic. driving line out, the, their scrum. But then it was almost like New Zealand just started to play a little bit and then they sat off and almost like, oh, we've got to watch what they do, then we'll attack them. Um, and then I think that's when kind of the floodgates opened. It was... You know, allowing the threats of Ruby Tui, Woodman, um, Rene Wetcliffe, like just attacking at them instead of imposing themselves on them. And I think as soon as they kind of backed off it slightly, New Zealand sniffed that out and took it. And I think then that continued through the game and they really struggled, even with, you know, New Zealand had two yellow cards, didn't they? Or was it one yellow card? Mm. 18 penalties, yeah. you know, even that score with that amount of ill-discipline, you know, you would have expected more from Wales, especially how they started. But I think it's kind of that old, you know, they, they don't, two yellow cards, yeah, they don't they don't get to play them. I mean, when was the last time that these two um, met? And that kind of fear factor. And, like, we used to be there um, with England. It was like, oh, my God, we're playing against this incredible team, and they are, and you give them that level of respect. But... I think until you're immune to a little bit of that, you you almost give too much respect. And I think by the end of that game, they they went within themselves um, and definitely could have put more pressure on, could have got a couple more tries as well. Um, so they'll be looking back thinking, you know, we let New Zealand off the hook. I don't think it would have been enough to win, but for that scoreline, I think they'll be thinking, cool, we, we gave some cheap opportunities away there. So do half an eye or slightly more on New Zealand and, and what they're up to? Uh, if I'm completely honest, like, probably not. Like, as much as it's like, uh, I've sort of watched it and like little bits, highlights and sort of have kept an eye on the result and things around around it. But like, our focus has to be on the teams that we're playing. Like, and then you throw in the fact that you need to mentally and physically like recover as well. So I think, um, I think yeah, we, we we watch some games, but we we don't sit down there and analyze them in depth around like how they're playing, what they're doing, um, like minute by minute of of them. Um, we're we're like purely respecting the teams that we're we're playing, and like if we come to face New Zealand, we'll we'll look at them, we'll analyze them, and we'll. We'll we'll think about it then. Scotland, I I, I, just, I did a tweet. I just said, "Oh, Scotland!" I, I heart goes out to them. It's another heartbreaking loss, right at the uh, at the death of it. Australia, two red cards. Have you, either of you bumped into it? any of the Scotland girls out there? Give them a hug. Where are they at ahead of uh, ahead of New Zealand this weekend? Which you know, if there's one game to get up for. The host station at the home World Cup, that, that's got to be a good one to get up for, right? Yeah, it's still such an incredible opportunity, isn't it? Playing against New Zealand in New Zealand. Again, a team that they don't often face. I think, I don't even know when they last faced one another. I mean, it was 20 years since Scotland had played Australia, so it's probably not far from that. But I think after that game, they were very emotional Um and I think because they knew they, again, another second week, they knew they could have won that game. They started so well and they maintained for, what, 75 minutes of that game to be in front. 
and I don't know what it is but that's I think like the third or fourth game where they've been winning leading and then they lose it in the final moments um but I think for them look they they know what the task that they have this weekend is about finishing on their terms and making sure that they enjoy themselves play really hard like they have been really give you know their family and friends who've come over here um, an opportunity again to support them but yeah I think you know they really struggled after the Wales game as well like a lot of the players struggled to move on because you you can always get over the ones where you weren't good enough or the opposition were a lot better but where you know you had chances to win the game and you should have won the game they're the ones that are really really tough to take and to actually get over and you know it's been two weeks running again for them but for me I think they're going to just be like this is our last opportunity. We haven't been in a World Cup since 2010. Let's make sure we enjoy ourselves. Let's get around one another and let's make sure that we finish on our terms and we finish. And you can't, The one of the big things that they keep saying after every game is the effort that the group put in and that you cannot fall. And so I'd expect like a massive effort from the whole squad again this weekend. Yeah, but effort doesn't win test matches. Um, n- nobody, nobody doubts. I mean, all you have to do is file in behind Rachel Malcolm, who's just an outstanding leader of human beings. Um, but it's you know, effort is, is you know, at this level is not going to get you, get you over the the, the line. Pool B um, has been one of the fascinating pools um, for me personally. Um, USA, Canada, Italy, Japan in there as well. Um, Canada. Doing Canada things at World Cups, just being really, really business-like. Yeah, uh, you know, they've come in really well-drilled and I actually met with a group of them today and they were kind of telling me the story. I'm not sure if you've covered this on the on the pod around how they got together over the summer, took it upon themselves to all live with one another um, in Victoria and then over in Halifax. Um, and you can just see that that's, being, that's paying off. Um, quite a simple game plan, but a really effective one. Um, and I feel like France, England and New Zealand are probably taking all the limelight and they're just simmering nicely under the radar. Yeah, couldn't agree more. And they're up against USA this weekend, uh, Centre. Those close rivalries are, are, are always good fun. You played plenty of club rugby with Canadian girls and, and, and USA girls in the in the league as well. They'll be thoroughly looking forward to this one, won't they? Yeah, they they will be. This will probably be the match, you know, of the pool that day, I guess, when it was all that drawback, what, two, three years ago now, this was probably one that stood out in terms of like old rivals um over years and years and years and you know it's all sort of heated up for, for this final game and um I think I agree with Berth like Canada uh sort of going under the radar a, a little bit and as you say they they always generally do well in World Cups um and this seems like um it's no different uh, but I'm sure America will be will be up for it you know they they had a good result against um japan i think it's what they needed they've had prep and um yeah it'll be it'll be interesting to see to see how it how it goes i don't think there's any uh, love lost between the two no there, there definitely isn't and yeah these bonus points are just huge um 
to to squeezing into the, those those quarterfinals. Of course, it's um, top two and then two best runners up. Um, at the moment, as it stands. Um, and this is Sarah Mockford from Rugby World who's put this together much greater mind than mine. New Zealand in top seeding position with Canada 10 points, England third with nine, France six, Italy five, Australia four, Wales, uh, sorry, USA seven with five, and then Wales um, eighth and four. I can't really see that changing much with the with the fixes this weekend. No, I mean, never say never at, the, at a World Cup, but I think actually what's great, the fact that we're going into... The, the final round of pool games and we've now got a quarterfinal so people have still got everything to play for you know people have got those sort of knockout stages um to try and get themselves in and amongst it you know with with getting bonus points with getting wins um so I think that's that's what makes it exciting um whereas I think by now we probably would have known who was going through to the semi-finals and we haven't had that extra round so I think it it just adds hope maybe a bit of drama to to the first um to the first stage of of people going through in into the the knockout stages but yeah i guess only time will tell whether whether teams do manage to pull something out and you know world cup miracles can can happen um so yeah well exciting round of games but if anyone challenged that that eight as it stands i don't think so i think go your abacus yeah. out <laughs> I think, you know, Japan, Italy will be interesting. Um, you saw some good stuff come from Japan in the end against USA, probably a bit slow starting, unforced errors, but they've got a big job. They'll have to beat them by a certain amount of points to, to nudge a spot. Um, can't really see, you know, Scotland beating New Zealand. Can't see South Africa doing the job either so I, I think it's thereabouts is what we're looking at but again it, maybe sh- it might shift one or two places depending but I think that's probably our eight that we're looking for for the quarterfinals we're not going to ask Sunter that would be slightly unfair but the two tightest ones for, for me this weekend would be Wales Australia who wins that I think Australia Yeah, we are, and we've just lost all of our Welsh listeners. <laughs> Outstanding. I don't think they've played particularly well, um, or a complete game. And I think Wales, you know, really like held on to that result against Scotland. They'll be wounded from the New Zealand game, um, and yeah, I just think Australia got a bit more in them to, to come out. Yeah, and I think that will be what what can take it over the edge. Yeah, be without um, their hooker, weren't they? Um, yeah, Masters. Just um, shame. Yeah, it is. Player. Yeah, he's a good player. Um, Canada, USA. Canada win. Yeah, yeah. I think that's an easy call. I, I think it will be challenging initially, but I think Canada will break them down. Japan, Italy. I'm going to back Italy. I, I kind yeah. of want Japan to win, but. Uh, yeah, I think Italy, but they're they're pretty battered. The Italians, the the pack are pretty sore, but um, but yeah, I just think we're they're they're coming together really nicely. Like Centre talked about it earlier about how building through a tournament, building on your success and your wins, and you can just see 
they're getting better and better from every minute that they're playing. And I think this will be another step up from them that we'll see. Ladies, it has been an absolute treat. Um, it's Betty Buys time for you two. A uh, little glass of milk and a and a and a, and a biscuit. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Perhaps that's what you don't know. No, birthday is like smashing tequila shots back. In a room by hey, I'm Polish. Vodka. Get it right. Sorry. Yeah, My mum would be disappointed with you. Yeah, you're quite right. <laughs> um, shout out. Sunta, you got a shout out, haven't you? I have indeed. So last weekend, I saw Yeovil Rugby Club host a historic women's sporting event. It was the first time the women's first 15 and newly formed development team took to the pitches at Yeovil on the same day. An amazing 44 women represented Jovel in their respected matches. So Marley Packer will be very proud. Wouldn't she just? And there's all yeah. sorts of brilliant things going on. Watch parties. I think down at Illing and Rinwood, you could have a, a scout breakfast or a Cleo breakfast. Um, uh, the, the ironic thing was that the, the scout breakfast had two sausages and the Cleo breakfast had one sausage. Um, anyway, um, loads of great things going on. Absolute pleasure to see you both. Thanks so much for your time. Um, good luck on the weekend, Sunta. Good luck on Com's birth. What do you want? I'm on Scotland, Australia. Awesome. No, New Zealand. Scotland, New Zealand. There you are. Yep. I know how you feel. On that oh. note, uh, <laughs> yeah. see you next week. Bye. See ya. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.